0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the palmetto swamps to the piney woods to the oak flats, you're listening to the Louisiana Bow Hunter Podcast.
1: episode 54 of the louisiana bowhunter podcast and we are coming to you live on location but two different locations i am in missouri hunting at harris outfitters and kyler is in his redneck rv parked somewhere on the side of the road in illinois
2: that's right i'm I'm in the middle of cooking dinner too so you <clears> might <throat> hear some clanking and whatnot i just got back to camp so, so uh yeah, yeah. How, how's your uh how's
1: your hunting been this week well um not great but uh it's been um subpar to what i normally experience but it's the last couple of days have been better and not so much my hunting but other people i'm hunting with uh there was one deer killed yesterday and several yesterday and today several encounters with some nice deer so the deer acting a little bit better but from sunday through yesterday it was about like the end of october in louisiana just yeah terrible
2: yeah it's been tough man i got here on uh got here on friday evening and i came in pre scouted about three weeks ago hung some cameras i hung um uh three spy points that my buddy bought we made a deal that if he, he bought them i'd drive up here and by the hotel and hang them and do all the scouting and so like i was we were ripping and roaring ready to go saturday morning i had spots picked out <clears throat> and uh, we were going in by boat which <laughs> is is uh not necessarily an advantage up here um because uh if you go in by <laughs> i've learned if you go in by boat in southern illinois all you're gonna run into is just a whole bunch of other louisianians <laughs> going in by boat <laughs> <laughs> hmm. It's and so uh i'm not not exaggerating this yeah it's pretty it's pretty funny um but uh anyway so we 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 went we were actually in a place on the mississippi river and um long story short you know not not only was it it wasn't that hot on saturday and sunday it got hot on monday it was, mo- it was hot monday through sunday monday and tuesday and then a front tuesday night wednesday it was cold um but uh, we gave up on the island that we were hunting for two reasons, because it um, had real poor genetics. Um, like, we checked all our cameras. It's just real small, pencil-thin, no brow time bucks. Like, even bucks that were outside the years that should have been, like, 120 or 130 were going, like, you know, 90 or 100 inches. Still not. Just re- I'll, I'll send you a picture later. Just real, real thin rack bucks. Um, and I think it's probably just from, um, the stress of flooding and whatnot. And so not only that, but the river was falling real hard and it just, uh, got dangerous. And, and I'm, man, I've, I've been driving a boat at night for years and years and years, and it just got to the point where i was like this is like we're lucky we haven't hit anything yet i'm calling it like we're, we're gonna go somewhere else that we don't need to go on by boat anymore the river just got too low and they've got dikes and levees and sandbars and jetties and uh, rocks in the middle of the river that i can't explain and i just don't know where any of that stuff is so we called it we, we gave up on that and started headed somewhere else um and then uh, it just got hot you know, um, and nothing was moving and we're sweating, 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 scouting. I mean, on Tuesday, either Monday or Tuesday, I checked my phone at the end of the day and um, it said that I had walked 6.7 miles on, on in one day, <clears throat> just scouting spots, trying to find a place for this front and um, a place worthy of, a, of, you know, my time for two or three days with Northwind. And the thing that was hard about that was scouting a place for a north wind, while you have a south wind for two days, trying not to blow it out, for so you can come back later. So uh, anyway, um, yeah. I finally finally started seeing some movement yesterday, and um, and then uh, didn't see anything at all today again. Once again, mm. so it's uh, no, been that's... kind of kind of frustrating.
1: I don't know how it did there. I mean, I'm west of you, and the same thing. Uh, well, actually uh i guess the front came through here more monday night slash tuesday morning yeah how, how, you're in northwest west yeah i'm Illinois, right right there missouri missouri right in the corner uh close to the nebraska kansas and nebraska are within 10 15 miles of me i'm right up in that corner
0: uh-huh. um
1: a little bit south of the iowa border but uh right along the missouri river and um <clears throat> so the front that you're talking about it pushed through here more Monday night, Tuesday morning. It's kind of one of those deals where we all went out and hunted like mid morning Tuesday when the rain let up and yeah. it was still miserable cause it was kind of still that damp cold and the wind was just howling pushing that front out. So it was a tough, yeah, tough, yeah. tough, tough day. But the deer, um, you know, that front pushing through overnight, there were a lot more deer moving around Tuesday as far as the camera and just seeing deer on the road, seeing deer from the stand. But um I don't know about how it did there, but here it the wind it the front came through and it got stupid cold, but the wind almost immediately turned right back around out of the south and it blew out of the south Tuesday evening. <clears throat> as soon as the front pushed through it turned back around. Wind blew out of the south, um kinda swirling. South, southwest, you know. Tuesday evening and all day yesterday for the most part. <laughs> and then this morning it was still out of the south. It was kinda of more west, but south, southwest, southwest. And then this afternoon it finally turned back around and it's gonna be really cold tonight. Like it started blowing yep. about fifteen miles an hour tonight, this evening, and it, it shifted out of the north about two in the afternoon, stayed out of the north slash northwest. And, um, temperature dropped down into the thirties before dark and it's supposed to get down to like 20 tonight. So, there you go. Uh, so it's just been, I mean, it, you know, we're not, we're hunting, uh, the place I'm hunting is Harris Outfitters, but I mean, it's primarily a waterfowl outfit. He's got a handful of farms with some deer ground and he does a, yeah. a few deer hunts during the rut. It's not a really a deer operation. So there's not that many, you know, we've got three or four places that we're hunting here and there's just nothing set up to hunt on a south wind and it's basically been south all but maybe two hunts all week or some form of south so that's been difficult and then of course it was in the 70s sunday monday and uh saturday sunday and monday i i I got here on saturday but not till late later in the afternoon so i didn't hunt saturday um i didn't hunt sunday either because we were doing film work for commercial work for scree but um (laughs) the other guys that were hunting but uh you know it's uh it's been different i mean it's it's crazy because i always try to time my trip up here um this week so around november the 8th november the 8th 7th through the 12th is when I, i typically think it's best and for the last two years we've gotten a cold front early on 7th 8th 9th and it has snowed and been cold north winds the whole time and it's been five years ago that i was here and it did the same thing i got here and it was in the 70s for the first three days and then it cooled off the last two days and we saw a few deer on the last two days and it was you know almost the exact same thing that's going on here it was five years ago and every other year it's not like that and you know it's crazy because the week before um the week after halloween the first of november uh all the cameras i mean big you know big time change like uh three four shooter bucks as far as the midwest goes on every camera you know normally almost patternable um uh, you know cameras transition to scrapes and so deer checking these scrapes all out that last week when it was cool weather consistent cool weather and uh so it's just been a tough draw man but you know it's it's uh it's disappointing but um i did have a good hunt today i i almost almost got almost got it done (laughs) kyler almost got it done
2: (laughs) yeah nice
1: um i uh we're we're sitting on a, a hardwood ridge off the back of a cornfield and um crp behind us that's actually on the neighbor's property but pretty much borders the crp and um Saw a big 10-point, big, like 150s probably, close to 150 anyway, if not. He was cruising along the edge of the CRP, kind of coming along behind us at about 50 or 60 yards, and he wasn't coming down the ridge off the CRP that we were on, and I let him turn and go away from us a little bit, and I rattled at him, and he turned and came right back to me, and he got to 20 yards, but he was directly behind me. Yep. and uh I, i'll tell you a lesson that i think i learned okay so this deer was walking along behind us and when i saw him i could tell he was at first he was kind of coming our way i wasn't really sure when i realized he was just going to kind of parallel us and go on i grunted at him a few times and he stopped and looked and then he put his head down walk a little ways stop look i grunted at him and he eventually just went on and i thought well So let me rattle at him. So I rattled horns at him a little bit. He immediately, I mean, his butt was to me, walking straight away from me. I rattled, and he turned all the way around facing me, (coughs) and he stood there for uh, what felt like five minutes, but it it literally was at least probably two or three minutes. He stood there, and then he'd walk five yards towards me and stand there. And he's looking at me, and he ain't but about 75 yards away, so I don't want to call because he's looking right at me. Sure, yeah. And so he finally stood there and looked, and then he turned around and started walking off. So I rattled at him again. He turned around, started walking towards me. We did this twice that I know of. And then he finally broke, and he came, and he took his time. It took him a lot. It was like a turkey that you're calling to that just stops and struts, hangs around, and then comes a little closer, stops and struts. It's that kind of deal. And he finally got all the way to about 25 yards behind us, but he could just see down the ridge, and he couldn't see anything. So he turned around, and he went back up into the CRP, and he stopped. And I start, tried to rattle at him again, and he stopped and just tore a tree up and made a big scrape and went off into the CRP. And I thought, well, he just gave up. He didn't see anything. Well, then he pops out again, and hes it's like he's circling us. Well, trying to get downwind. Yeah, And he was. He was just about to get downwind. And here's the lesson I learned. In hindsight, I feel like that deer was circling me. And the way he was going, it's hard to explain, but he was on another little finger ridge across a dip from me, about 80 yards. And I think he was fixing to drop down and pop up in front of me. I think he was making a full circle around me. And he was going to pop down into that drain and come up in front of me. And when he when I saw him, it surprised me. Because I had just kind of turned around, sat back down, thought, well, he's cruising around. Maybe he'll come back through here. And then when I saw him, I immediately called at him and he stopped. And when he stopped, he wasn't downwind of me, but he was in that cone, you know? (coughs) And I stopped him and he was on a walk. I mean, he was walking like he was on a dead walk. And I called at him and stopped him and he stood there long enough that I could see him smelling. You know, just smelling the air, smelling, 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 and he turned around and went back, and he, we never saw him again. And I think, I really do think, that deer was going to circle us and come in from the other way. And if I hadn't called to him and stopped him, he was going downhill. He, I don't think he would have smelled us, at least not until he popped up on the ridge we were on, if yeah. he popped up in the wrong place. And I think I should have just let him go and not called at him again, because getting his attention again gave him the chance to stand there for another three or four minutes yeah and um but but that is i was telling my cameraman was in the tree with me it was, after it was all over us this is a it's just a hard thing to do it's hard it's hard to know because when they're it's so different when you hunt up here as opposed to back home because not only is it a visible thing you can see so much better but yeah the deer respond and when you call it a deer and he responds every time you call at him it's really hard to not keep doing it because you think Okay, the next time he's gonna make, he's gonna take that extra fifteen yards. Yeah, he's gonna come in, yeah. But well,
2: it didn't. I, so y'all are hunting uh, field edge or or fingerlings. Yeah, it's well woods.
1: Yeah, we, we hunted. Um, today we're hunting. It's a big. Cut cornfield. Uh, there's a farm that's mostly corn, and it's got big woods all along behind it, and the neighbor's property behind it is is a lot of so it's a pretty big chunk of woods. We were back on the back side of, and probably hundred yards off off the corn. Um, mm, the other we we hunted another uh, stand that was yesterday afternoon. I actually saw a, a shooter buck there too, but just came by me at like fifty yards, but he was just on a mission, just never stopped. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, for the most part, this is big ag country. We hunted a ditch row where we were getting pictures of a deer. I actually saw the deer uh, Monday afternoon with a doe on that fence. And this is, I mean, we're sitting in a a tree stand on a ditch row that's not 50 yards wide. And it snakes all down through the countryside. But it's just wide open, hilly cornfields and bean fields all around, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of ag, a lot of ag, small woodlots, fingers, ditches, stuff like that.
2: I've got, I know a lot of people hunting up here and up, even up where
1: you are. And,
2: um, I, uh, obviously I wouldn't really give up any, any information on where they're hunting or how they're hunting or anything like that. But, um, I can tell you that they are having a totally different experience than I am. Um, I have quite literally seen one deer on stand saying I've been here since Saturday. Today's. Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Um, so I've been hunting for six days, uh, which, you know, it's 12 mornings and evenings, but we scouted half a day on Monday. So I've made 11 hunts now, 11 hunts. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been doing the all day thing today. I did the all day thing. Um, uh, and I did it mostly yesterday. I took about an hour break and, and, and moved, but, um, I saw a little seven point last night which I put up on um, the Instagram story of, you know, would you shoot this or eat tag soup? And uh, I think it was like 79% of people said that they would shoot it. And and I got a couple of messages. I got a couple of text messages from people that saw that, that, you know, that, that high percentage of like, shoot that, you know, Mm -hmm. and they were like, This is why we can't have nice things. (laughs) Yeah, because it was like I wouldn't even. I honestly, I probably wouldn't even shoot him in Louisiana. If I was on public land, I would. If I was on private land, no way. He's going to be a big deer one day. Yeah. Um. And uh. It and this deer came out of a bedding area that um. uh, I I didn't know I was set up by it, um, because I was set up at a pinch point between a creek. A piece of ag and um, marsh, like there was a almost like a shelf, like a an aisle of woods, if you want to call it that, between the creek and the marsh, and then had ag behind the creek, and um, and then big woods all around that. <clears throat> and <clears throat> he came out at three thirty yesterday afternoon, fed on acorns in front of me for about fifteen minutes, and um, honestly, looked he, he he just he acted just like it was a regular feeding pattern like it would be in louisiana or anywhere anywhere else and um he got he started to kind of pass me on my right And when he got behind some thick stuff i grunted at him and he went into some river cane and tore that up he, he like he didn't he didn't hit a tree he just went into like a pile of river cane and just started lightly you know raking his his antlers into it. And then he went out um, behind me to a Creek straight downwind, straight downwind for 10 minutes. And um, he was uh, rubbing on a, a small little sapling behind me. And um, when I say he was straight downwind, I mean like I checked my wind through or four times and it was like, I've got one of those little, uh, there's little, I don't know what it is, a little squirt bottles where mm-hmm. you pop the top on it. And it's like, you know, talc, talc or something like that, yeah. or powder inside of it. And, and I, yeah, it just puffs up, and and I'm telling you, I could watch, I could watch the powder go straight to straight to the deer, um, and um, it wasn't until I running at him a couple more times that he kind of figured something wasn't right, and he he kind of eased off. But um, that's been my first and only encounter since I've been up here. Um, you know, I came up here last year and hunted private um uh up near Effingham, which is about i don't know two hours northeast of where I am now and uh I passed on a much better deer than this if I saw the same deer I passed last year right now he'd be dead um and uh I shot two does last year I don't need to shoot any does this year, so i not planning on shooting one, but it's just a uh, um I don't know. It's really odd. The people that I know that are not hunting far from me at all, very close by, are seeing deer semi-regularly. Um, I think they're hunting thicker stuff than I am, um, and um, they're getting decent encounters, but it's been slow. They're seeing one deer a day, two deer, uh, you know, one yeah. in the morning, one in the afternoon type of stuff. Um, a little bit of cruising, but it's not wide open here yet is my thing. Um, that, that's the, that's the thing that kind of bothers me is, you know, you hear about you, you plan a trip based on dates, based on the consistency and the predictability, if you will, of the Midwest rut. And then you get 80 degree temps, 78 degree temps for four or five days. And I, it makes you wonder, would that have shut it down? i sorry, did that shut it down, or would it be wide open right now if it stayed cold the whole time like it was last year?
1: You don't think maybe maybe they're locked
2: lockdown? I, I, I do. I personally do think they're on, on lockdown. <coughs> and then I ask people that are not hunting far from me, and they're seeing deer cruising. They're seeing, uh, you know, adobe and trail. Yeah. Well, that, I, It feels like I'm not seeing anything in the fields. I'm not seeing anything at night driving out. I'm not seeing anything at all anywhere except for that. I mean, nowhere except for that buck last night.
1: That's yeah. all. It's, it's it's real sporadic <laughs> here. Like It's at that point kind of in the middle where they're in and out of a lockdown. You know, there's, yeah. Uh, I guess the best way to say it is like there's burst of activity you know like this evening it seemed to be and yesterday evening but this morning it was dead um and 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 you know the the warm weather i i think it it just kind of throws everything for a loop when you, when you have such inconsistent and i don't know about there but here it's so windy like it's we've had yesterday afternoon and most of the day today it was decent the rest of the time mm-hmm. it has been like 20 plus in gustin 30s the whole out. time like i mean just almost to the point where you just want to get in the truck and leave like the wind is so bad you can't do anything it's just it's, it's horrible and I, I i just the wind you know aside from the annoyance and the disturbance of it it keeps shifting it won't blow the same way ever it's just it's it's been just such a erratic you know shifting of fronts high pressure low pressure you know wind blowing i think it's just i think it's just jolted the whole normal routine of things you know there's just no consistency to the weather to the pressure the wind anything so I yeah I, I I don't know I mean I've I've hunted I've hunted for days on end in the Midwest even last year when I killed the deer in Kansas I hunted for four days daylight to dark in the same spot without seeing a shooter well let me take that back without seeing a shooter close to me I I was seeing mm-hmm. some far off in another field but
2: yeah it's you do have to qualify that statement here you know uh, I'll ask people. Hey, did you see anything like yeah i saw seven deer and i'm like man that's a lot that's a, sounds like a good hunt yeah they are 600 yards
1: yeah <laughs> like, so okay but but you know count. but even then I, I we were talking about this uh yesterday we've talked about it numerous times actually this week is even that it's easier to do that when i'm seeing deer constantly it's just not what i want to shoot you know There's little bucks cruising around, does moving around. You know you're in a spot where there's deer activity. You're just waiting on one of those big ones to start cruising, to either get off of a lockdown with a doe or to start, you know, whatever they're doing. But when you're, you know, seeing one deer hunt, (coughs) you, (laughs) it's and you can see that far, so it's not like you're looking at a little small area and there could be deer moving around and you're just not seeing them. I mean, there's, you know, for one of the places that I spent... Uh, half two half days you know i could see there wasn't a deer anywhere around where i was or i could have seen it you know and we seen one or two deer you know in what basically uh, uh, what basically comes to an entire day I, i spent yeah you know from noon till dark and then from daylight till noon the next day um you know so it's just uh yeah it's been it's been I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of the same thing. I, I wonder, for your in your case, two things come to mind. You're hunting Southern Illinois near the river, so you have flooding implications over the years, and then you also <laughs> mentioned the the amount of pressure. So, I mean, do you think that that's yeah? Is, is it is it is it actually somewhat? You think maybe a factor of the area has just been hammered by.
2: You know, not, not really. And I'll tell you why. Um, so I, um, I, I, if I see a truck, I I keep driving kind of, you know, I, I, you know, like we're talking to Thomas and Warren, me, Chase, Susie. like we saw a boot track. We just went to the next place. Um, you know, we saw a truck tire, tire prints that look like they're less than a week old. we're, We're moving. And, um, I, the section that I'm hunting the section that we chose to hunt after we left the river um, is not nearly, not 1 50th the amount of pressure as what is around some of the more popular places around here. Um, and <clears throat> the the thing that's interesting is uh, the guys that are, aren't far from me that uh, I'm being told, you know, they're seeing deer. I'm staying in close contact with them at, they're seeing deer. They shot two deer today. They shot, um, a big 11 and a big eight point today. And, um, one of them missed one a day or two ago on, on, on stand. And, um, they're, you know, they're getting opportunities. They're seeing the deer that they want to see. They are not far from me as the crow flies. And I haven't, I, I I know roughly where they are. Um, and I've, in you know, I know how many of them there are. And so I'm, I have no interest in going near where they are. Even they could have, they could have 200 inch deer on, uh, you know, in that area. And I'm not going there. That's their spot. They, they scouted it out. Um, I don't even, I, I want to be on the Island right now. You know, that was supposed to work. Um, and, and, and look, we still have cameras out there. We're getting pictures every day and they're all 110 inch bucks. You know, um, it's just not what we're coming up here to shoot. And, um, they're pressuring their spots much more than the areas that I'm hunting and they're seeing deer. So there's, there's, there is a factor there that I'm not catching. Um, it's either gotta be something to do with location or, um, or, uh, feed or bedding or, uh, high ground. I, I don't know. Everything's dry up here right now. There's no water. Um, it hasn't rained in a few weeks and, um, You know, it's, they're, they're just hunting a different terrain than I am, but listen, I've hunted, I've hunted river bottoms. I've hunted hilltops. I've hunted oak flats. I've hunted flooded swamp. I've hunted marsh bedding. I've hunted levees. I've I've been dropped off. I've been picked up. I've, I've gone in blind. I've gone into places that I've scouted and like, I have no more tricks. I have no more tricks left in, in, um, in my book and, uh, everything that should be working isn't and it's not that i'm you know i'm not getting shots at deer it's just straight up they are not getting on their feet in any capacity at least not in the daytime yeah very frustrating
1: i have one more trick up my sleeve and that is i'm getting up before daylight in the morning and i'm driving to northern oklahoma to meet (laughs) to meet uh meet up with the uh, the owner there i got uh, a private place there that i can hunt that i'm gonna hunt tomorrow evening and saturday and and sunday morning if necessary before i head home and so they were sending me pictures they got a lot of a lot of lot of deer on camera so hopefully hopefully things turn around i mean i'm not complaining too much i i saw deer the last two days not not to the extent that i'm used to but you know came really close um today and feel like if i you know if, if, if i had no other option and i stuck with it i i would feel okay about my chances in that area for the next couple days but you know it is what it is that's hunting i guess
2: yeah well we're we're uh i've got one more hunt left i'm hunting friday morning um i left a stand overnight and um and uh i'm going back in the morning i get a good wind for it it's in it's in the best spot that i found so far like the best sign, the best pinch point, just the best everything. If I, if I don't kill or see a deer here, then there are no deer left, right? (laughs) There, there's, there, they aren't here. And, um, because there's, there's trails going through the swamp. There's, um, there's trails and fresh tracks coming, brand new deer shit everywhere on the ground. And I cannot believe I didn't see a deer there today. Totally shocked. I didn't see a deer there. um, I'll tell you a quick story, though. It's kind of funny. Um, where I'm hunting is... Um, I'm hunting near some ag. And... Uh, when I went in and, and scouted it... or scouted it on the internet. It's just an ag field. Like, there's soybeans and they cut them already. When I actually went in and scouted it on foot... um there you know for versus the satellite there was um like a brand new box blind and a food plot on the north side of this field and um i'm hunting about 200 and about 200 yards from it um near the line but not on the line but it's totally different like i'm not we aren't messing each other up at all we're probably not even hunting the same deer um, because the, the deer that are coming to his food plot are taking a different route from, from where I'm hunting at. And, um, but anyway, I can, uh, I hate to sound too critical, but it's just funny to me. So these are locals or farmers here, farmer and his wife. And, uh, they're hunting this big shooting house with a crossbow. <clears throat> Can't have <laughs> rifles up here. It's not shotgun season. So they're hunting this big shooting house with a crossbow. And, um, And the food plots like barely sprouted. It's not, there's really not anything, but like heads of green ryegrass, I guess what it is. And, um, I can see them through, through the thin woods. I can see them from, I can see them coming in when they leave and they come in like 25 minutes after daylight. They climb down 15 minutes before it gets dark. And I'm like, God, man, y'all are doing it wrong. What, why wouldn't you're, you're as comfortable as you could be. Why wouldn't you stay just another 20 minutes, you know, 30 minutes until it gets dark, dark and climbed out. Well, so anyway, I'm a little east of where they are. So i walk back to my truck today and um, I'm walking down this trail and I and I see they're side by side. I'm halfway to my truck crank up. This is well after dark cranks up and it started head starts heading north in this field straight to where I've been hunting, like straight to it. And I was like, great. Like, I I really thought that they might have like seen me climb up with a light or something. And they were just like going in and make sure I wasn't on the property line or wasn't hunting their property. And so I'm standing at my truck. I'm, I'm 800 yards from where I am, but it's wide open field. Like that's the nearest wood line. Is where they drove their side by side to, and they're in there. They're in not. I don't want to say in my exact section of woods, but a section woods right there. They're shining left and right, back and forth with flashlight, and I was like, and I left my stand overnight, and I'm thinking like, oh man, I hope they don't steal my stand. I'm gonna have to, you know, call the cops on these guys or whatever. So anyway, I pulled my truck up to where they end of the field, and they came out about 20 minutes later. And I flag them down and and say hi to them, and in the back of their side by side is a doe, and they were just looking for a deer, looking for their deer, but I but I, I'm not kidding you, it couldn't have been seventy five yards, maybe fifty yards from where I'm hunting, um, to where they were searching.
1: And you never if, saw
2: it. And he never, well, and I never saw that deer run by. I never saw it crash, nothing. And look, they were only up there searching for five minutes. You know, it's not like they were up there for an hour charging around the woods. Like they went in the field, side by side, lit up the whole woods, got their deer, put it in the back, drove back. And I, I was, I stuck around because I was concerned that they were, you know, stealing my stand, or, or maybe they had seen me in a the headlight. And they are going to try and—I don't know what I was thinking, but. Um, anyway, they had just killed a deer and yeah. taken it back to clean it, which was made made me feel better, but I don't know. Who knows what that'll do for me tomorrow. It's not, you can't, you can't see any fewer than zero deer, you know? Yeah. So,
1: well, well, the one thing I guess, you know, we, we have for the last four or five episodes, we've have talked about Scree and talked about the layering system and, um, you know that's been big for me this week. Uh, I don't know exactly. I know you, you're a hodgepodge of of camo gear, but uh, <laughs> you know we've it's putting it lightly. Yeah. It's been it's been different. You know, it's been so different every single hunt between cold, cold with wind, hot with wind. Um, the layering situation has been absolutely. Uh, it, you, you see kind of where it fits, uh, yeah. more, more, more so when you, when you spend five straight days in and out and, and, and having to layer completely different, you know, with one set of gear. So that's been good. And, um, I guess, I, I, I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm here, I walk a lot further even though I'm hunting private ground set stands, it's still, where I'm at it's pretty hilly, actually. And so, you know, it, it seems kind of innocent enough. But when you walk from a road across a cornfield up and down, up and down two or three times to get to the woods in the back, it's a hell of a hike. And <coughs> sure. It's, it doesn't feel too bad when you're walking. But then when you sit down and the wind's blowing 15 miles an hour and it's 35 degrees, Uh, you know just being able to handle that in terms of sweating and moisture and and still being able to somewhat you can't you can't block wind completely because it's not so much that it's penetrating your clothes but it just it just beats on you it gets it gets in and penetrates in every way it can around your neck and you know whatnot and um so that's been a the the ptarmigan that we talk about all the time that thing's a lifesaver uh, mm-hmm. just for the packability but the merino stuff um i i mean obviously it's not something that's new to me you know given my position with the whole thing but uh just encourage people to go to scree gear and and check that out because uh they're uh, they're they're closing out the uh mountain stealth pattern the uh the, the more micro pattern the grayer pattern they're yeah. clo- they're closing it out they're doing a huge sale on all mountain stealth right now because there's a new pattern coming out um that pre-order will start in january and uh, it looks really really good can't wait for people to see it um it's it's a pattern that was kind of designed for tree stand hunting white tail hunting a lot more browns and blacks and grays but a good mix a good break up sort of pattern yeah. so um that's happening so go check them out at ScreeGear.com. lots of bundles and stuff like that um and like i said if you like the mountain stealth pattern big savings on that right now
2: well it's you know the the the, the gear up here makes a big difference is this is the only place in my opinion that you really need you know when it's a good midwest winter that you really need like serious the like, clothing is gear up here mm-hmm. you know it's not concealment it is like <clears throat> it is equipment mm-hmm. um and for me, and I've got all these different camouflages and whatnot. It's not necessarily because I'm just you know trying to look like the clampets of camouflage over here. I've just I have a problem. I buy I buy a piece that solves it. I have another problem. I buy a piece that solves it, and not none of it matches, you know. And um, you know, I've got. Uh, I was actually thinking about this this morning. It was it was thirty six degrees this morning. But it was real light winds, like four miles an hour. And this morning, I was warmer in the stand than I was yesterday at 44 degrees, blowing 15. And I was thinking about, you know, if I could have um, either a flow chart or... Um, you know how you have those aero spine charts at bow shops? It's like, oh, you shoot a 65-pound bow, you know, a 29-inch yeah. straw, you need a 400-spine. Mm-hmm. You need a 300-spine. So I've thought, about, I've thought about doing some sort of... Um, <laughs> like making some sort of if this then that chart. Like if it's cold but still, then wear this. If it's warmer but blowing, then wear this. <laughs> you know, like some yeah. some breakdown that because I because I there's a quite literal literally a, a like temperature wind threshold of when I should wear what, such as like a neck gaiter. You know. Um, yesterday wore neck gator all morning, 44 degrees, 15 miles an hour, just to, just to block that from hitting my neck and getting in from there this morning, 36 degrees, didn't wear one, didn't need it, you know? Um, so I agree, I, I, you know, layering, layering, layer um, with the, the Moreno is a huge deal, big game changer. And then, um, the jacket is, is still honestly my favorite piece of equipment because I can literally wear that in 55 to 60 degree weather as long as it like warms up to that and i'm not if it starts in that i'm not putting it on but if, if it's going from like mid 40s up to 60 or 65 i can get away with wearing that all day um but um i can wear it all the way lat to like last year up here it got down to eight degrees and i was wearing that same ptarmigan jacket a little bit more beefed up on, on the underside with layers but still like Kept me warm, super light and packable. Like I, uh, I think I've said this in the past. It, um, it uh, kind of uh, condenses down to like the size of a Nalgene bottle, and you put that in your pack, and it's just, you know, if you're walking a long ways on public land. Tinsel or tunic or something like that and you're going to burn up on your way in throw it in your bag and then once you cool off put it on around
1: mm-hmm.
2: around daybreak once you start getting cold again you know but right. uh yeah man I, I agree it's it's great stuff I, i'm a big fan I,
1: I can i can honestly say you know traveling around and hunting with lots of different people in lots of different places i've never had one single person wear it even try it on i, I had a guy here <clears throat> that uh killed a deer yesterday and um he threw the jacket on, took a few pictures with it, and just standing out there taking pictures with the deer, he's like, "Dang, it, this thing's already getting warm." And I've never yeah. had anybody wear it for any amount of time and had anything negative to say. It, it's just, I love it, man. Unbelievable. I,
2: but, I, I love it. Just it's a versatile and, and and lightweight. I just like that it packs up, and it's not. Yeah. You you know, know. You're not bringing this big, thick, thick, you know, parka. In the mm. woods with you, you know that's like you know yeah. another five pounds to carry.
1: It's just you got to wear it to understand how warm it is. When you put your hands on it, you're like, "There's no way, no way." And then if you put it, you know, I don't know that you if you do this, but if you put it underneath, even a lighter, but just some kind of shell type fabric jacket, and let it insulate from the inside, it's just freaking unreal. Yeah, but yeah, that was something I was gonna. You were talking about the chart, and I, you know, just. Obviously, I get, I can't tell you how many a week questions I get about, you know, what would be a good, you know, what would be a good thing? What should I, what should I buy? What should I order? What do I want? What do I need? And one thing I've learned is that that is an impossible question to answer because everybody's different, you know everybody's totally different with how well they can handle heat how much they sweat when they walk yeah Um, I, i meant cold how much how well they can handle cold um so the best thing to say about the whole layering thing if you were to lay it out on a chart is first of all understanding just like on an arrow chart when you look at an arrow chart you see the sliding scale between arrow length and poundage and you know where what you know what spine arrow falls into that that how that graph intersects between arrow weight and and uh i'm sorry arrow length and draw uh, draw weight the poundage you're shooting well you know also on that arrow chart is most of them there's some breakdown understanding of what the spine you know what are you looking at like what yeah the higher the number the lower number what does that mean in terms of the stiffness of the shaft and all that so you know translating that once again to a layering type of chart you know understanding what you're doing and understanding how it's different from just the traditional way that we would buy camo gear for hunting so it you have to judge for yourself what do you what is your comfort range you know how well do you handle all these things and then what you got to kind of understand with layering is we're we're trained or at least from my perception we're trained that if we're cold we put something on top right and usually the heavier and the bulkier the warmer it is so we put a barrier we tend to put barrier gear barrier clothing barrier gear on top of us to keep the elements out right and what that ends up being is usually bulky and heavy and the bulkier and the heavier the warmer well with layering what you're trying to do is you're trying to take the right kind of fabric and the right kind of design or whatever and put that in into layers next to your skin and then what you put on the outside just like the ptarmigan, is not necessarily bulky and heavy. It's designed to allow what's underneath to work instead of just smothering you, right? Yeah. And so you just kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to understand what you're doing and, and understand that, you know, you can't put, for a, a good way to put it, you can't go buy or wear some sort of extreme cold weather insulating fleece or something like that that doesn't breathe extremely well in terms of of its insulation and then put a heavy type of bulky outer layer on top that also does the same thing and walk eight hundred yards across the cornfield and burn up you can't do it because there's no the the insulation is it it, it's intended for you to be sitting still and it to insulate from the outside in as opposed to like merino. It wicks it away and it regulates the thermo by breathability. And it's just yeah. it's just counter to the way we perceive if you're gonna go sit in the bleachers at a football game when it's cold, you put a big heavy jacket on, right?
2: Yeah, um, you're walking a hundred yards from your car. Yep.
1: So anyway, just uh interesting kind of i'm always reminded uh you know when i do this because to your point at home we i know you hunt a lot of public land and you still are very mobile and a lot of people are but a lot of people at the same time they get off the floor they get out of their truck and they walk a couple hundred yards to a stand yeah and then walk back to the truck and so it's it's not always as evident it's very evident in the midwest so if uh first of all even though this has not been an extremely encouraging podcast in terms of the success we're having this year overall it's definitely if you love to hunt especially if you love to bow hunt um it's it's just it's a different kind of hunting than what we get back home and you should definitely find a way whether that's going to an outfitter or going with somebody to 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 public land just experience it just a, a visible rut hopefully you don't have a week like we're having hopefully you catch a better better than we are but um. well I, I i intentionally
2: um kind of broken away from <clears throat> my t- my hunting tactics back home this week I, you know I, I would say good way to put it is um back home all i do is hunt man coverage um i hunt uh, w- pretty much one one spot The deer can come one maybe two ways And I'm hunting pitch points and funnels, hunting feed trees. I'm either hunting a travel route or a destination. That's it. And, um, up here, I've, I started out intentionally trying to, um, hunt more like man a zone coverage you know covering a larger area i might hunt a 100 yard wide pinch point through some huge woods surrounded by ag um where if anything needs to move north to south they got to move through this 100 yards and i might set up in the middle 50 yard shot left to right and um that hasn't that hasn't worked for me right now not because the deer never go through there I just think they're in a different phase um, than uh, place other places where people are hunting in the state or the Midwest. Um, I didn't start seeing deer and start feeling confident in my sets again until I started hunting the way I do back home, which is where I really get down into some thicker stuff. Where, um, like I said, uh, rose not cane Rosa river cane. That buck that I saw yesterday was um, in river cane. Uh, eating under an oak tree and he I watched him for 15 minutes in front of me and never even looked up, never turned around He just kept trying to find the next acorn. And, um, you know, he was in a feeding pattern, but I also know that he didn't come far from bed. He came about 30 yards from his bed. Um, because I was hunting near the bed tonight, I uh, shifted. And, um, you know, I would say if I, if I had to do it all over again and came back up here, I would try probably drop the, um, the um zone bullshit where i try and hunt a big area and and hone in on where i i think no matter what you find a a pinch point that's a travel route the deer are going to run through there during the rut or during october 2nd or during january the deer are going to go through there no matter what they're also going to be on the fields yes they're also going to be in the big woods but i wish that i had moved to thicker tighter about five days ago um versus yesterday yeah you know yeah but anyway learned. well yeah this is uh quite a gloomy podcast i used yeah. to think i knew how to uh how to kill a deer and I had to google if they existed in illinois yesterday so
1: yeah. uh, we get humbled from time to time
2: yep so yeah. well hopefully
1: so. tomorrow's that light switch for you ended on a good note
2: i hope so man I got one hunt left i
1: yep. uh, rolling back so well all right dude well, it's, uh, we managed to get almost an hour out of it after all. So, um, there we? Yeah.
0: yeah, There you go. well,
1: just a reminder again, that the, our podcast is presented by relentless boats. Check them out at relentless boats, LA.com. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, a lot of cool stuff coming up in 2021. Um, check out the dealer network. If you're trying to get into relentless right now, you're going to have to probably go through a dealer, uh, backed up due to, uh, lots of orders and things are going good. So guys down in Thibodeau making good product check them out relentlessboatsla.com and kyler i guess uh hopefully
2: i got i got one more thing to add before we jump off of there what's that so i've got uh i just got in at the beginning of this week um the remainder of louisiana bowhunter merchandise this year i'm sure some, some people probably been wondering where that is and why I have it why i haven't been pushing it much uh been waiting on the shirts to be made for a few weeks now um i think i ordered uh Between a couple of different designs, like 2,500 shirts, got a lot of Um, really cool designs coming out this year. Uh, We got some pepper grass shirts that look like the old Dr. Pepper logo that I'm pretty pumped about. Um, We got uh, some WMA series shirts. We got some, the new blood spatter logo coming out. And then we've got a ton of really badass hats this year. Also Um, new decals, and things like that. So uh, be, be looking for a, a merchandise drop probably next week everything will be on the website with all the product photos and everything uploaded pricing and everything available i know we're already getting like if, if anybody's around lafayette lafayette carries a ton of our stuff right it's like one of the first things you see when you walk in the door big louisiana Bohona rack um they're fully stocked now they they're the first ones to get any of this stuff um they they got uh they they got shirts and hoodies before i've even put my hands on them because they arrived um before while I was up here. I haven't even seen this stuff in person yet. So um anyway, big merchandise shop coming next week. It's gonna be good uh gonna be some cool stuff just in time for Christmas.
1: Cool. Check it out.
2: So, <clears throat> all right, buddy.
1: All right man, be safe. Good luck in Oklahoma. All right, bud. Later. See ya.